Uh, welcome to Process of a Profit podcast. We're streaming live right now to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we're welcoming our guest, Matt Ham, co-founder of Uprint. Um, used to be an insurance salesman, um, proud father, uh, mentor, you name it. He's probably it. Um, but yeah, y'all definitely want to stop what you're doing right now. Put down those forks if you're eating lunch. Swerve off the road because you're definitely going to want to hear what he has to say today. Um, so we welcome Matt Hale. Jack, what's up, brother? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, this is always interesting. You're looking at the stream here. I got you beside me. So I'm always yeah. like, you know, which camera angle? But yeah, man, I'm glad to be here and uh, let's dive right in. Thanks for everybody who's jumping on. You guys do share this out. Hopefully the content today will be beneficial, could help somebody right where they are and uh, make sure they don't stay there. Yeah, well, uh, we can talk about this little plexiglass I just added right here, too. So it's new to this stream, but I'm actually going to change the, the uh, camera real quick. I'm really, I'm I'm tempted to lick it. You lick it? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So we're, we're filming in 720 <laughs> because that's what's better for live streaming. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to upgrade to 1080p at some point, get that Ethernet connection. and Always pushing know, the envelope on technology. Always pushing man. the envelope, yeah. I like it. I like um, it. But we got a little bit of new setup. I was able to hang this mirror about a while ago. Um, I hugged some other things on the wall, redecorated a little bit, added some plant, more plants, added some more uh, memorabilia. But um, I'm happy with how this is growing. It's looking good, man. Put some effort into it. Uh, but yeah, Matt, so you can uh, just tell people a little bit about you. I know some some of our viewers might not uh, have uh, you know heard about you before or even know who you are. I know uh, I think we have a lot of mutual connections who probably do. But, uh, you know, for the viewer out there who doesn't, yeah, um, you can give us a little background about maybe uh, how you started insurance and then how you got into what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, you know, I'm uh, born and raised here in Wilmington, North Carolina, hometown for me. And it's always been a big deal. Uh, growing up, I was very active in the community. My family is very active in the community. Uh, my, my parents have been here for years. And so Wilmington's home for me. You know, uh, high school for me was uh, about sports. I was a three-sport athlete. Uh, very much engaged at New Hanover High School in uh, football, basketball, baseball. And, and really, um, faith was always um, in my life, uh, but it was more of like what I would call religion. It was more of uh, go to church, go to Sunday school, you know, recite Bible verses and be on your best behavior. Mm -hmm. And and that's good and, and well, but that's not the end game as I've come to, to see. And so, you know, my, my high school years were spent uh, really kind of exploring the space of sports and faith and, you know, religion and all that kind of mess and kind of landed uh, my senior year. I uh, ended up going on a mission trip uh, with uh, Young Life, something we have in common. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a Young Life kid and we went down to Bimini in the Bahamas and we had to lead a vacation Bible school for these Bohemian children. And, you know, for the first time in my life, faith was bigger than like the white Christian bubble of Wilmington, mm -hmm. um, which is unfortunately what a lot of Christianity in Wilmington is about. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I uh, I was really opened to the idea that God was a lot bigger than I thought he was and uh, better than I thought he was. And it wasn't necessarily about my behavior. It was really about um really getting into understanding the character of the Lord and who he's called me to be. So college for me was all about, man, I'm jumping in and, you know, I'm leading Bible studies. I'm praising worship band. You know, I'm kind of just doing this stuff. And after college, um, I had become so frustrated with 
kind of what I would say is institutional Christianity. It was just like, we're the good guys. They're the bad guys. And I just hated that. I was like, this is not what I see when I read the Bible. And so when I got out of college, I ended up saying, I'm going to go be in the world and change it. You know, you're like, everybody's like, I'm going to change the world. Oh, yeah. So I got involved in real estate development um, down in South Florida. Uh, incredible experience, incredible opportunities. I told folks I made a lot of money and a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> Those don't go well together. So I ended up half a million dollars in debt, uh, broke, living in my parents' room over the garage uh, when uh, within the first year of being married. And uh, that was a difficult season for my wife and I and really learned a lot of lessons in and through that and ended up being offered an opportunity to start uh, with North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, a local insurance carrier here. Spent 10 years in the insurance business, kind of picking myself up by my bootstraps, was very fortunate to be very successful there. We had a great company. I had a thousand clients, you know, one of the top agents in the state and started to have a bit of a spiritual awakening. Uh, started to kind of see that there was more to my life than that and just started to feel a call. And so ended up pressing in, uh, ended up writing a book, uh, ended up getting diagnosed with cancer, uh, ended up uh, get, kind of getting through the cancer situation. And the Lord really put a call on my heart uh, to begin to help people wake up their faith and um, partnered with a gentleman named Kevin Adams, who is my personal mentor, um, but also a dear friend. And he's our business, my business partner for our organization, Uprint. And most recently, we've launched a nonprofit initiative called the Life Center, which is really about helping remove spiritual poverty through discipleship and the removal of obstacles. And we have a lot of different active, ongoing, um, you know, resources and things for folks. So that's I guess the the fastest nutshell, yeah. version of of my <laughs> last twenty years that I can provide. That's a lot though, and you gained valuable and honestly and like invaluable experiences in that too. Yeah. Like stuff you just tangibly can't put numbers on because it's helped you so much or, or uh, yeah. so little as well. But uh, through that, obviously, the title of the podcast is "Belief in Faith and Business." The the uh, part of Uprint that most notably a lot of people like is faith in business. Yeah. Um, and so it's where business professionals can just come together in between Sundays. And yep. we like, we met this morning uh, and chatted and there's a good amount of people there. Um, but it's more just encouragement and just seeing how God's working through you. But with your experiences, you know, with those life experiences and you, you moving work and, you know, possibly leaving high paying jobs for different things, like what, I guess was what self-beliefs did you have and what other beliefs did you have that would motivate you through things? Yeah. Um, I think, I think the, the key thing for me is faith has to become real and it has to be tested um, in order for it to mature. It's like a muscle, mm -hmm. you know um, I know you're a CrossFit guy, right? So you constantly get juiced by tearing your muscles down and building them up. Mm -hmm. uh, faith's no different. Uh, if you don't ec exercise your faith muscle, it atrophies, you know, mm -hmm. and so faith becomes this teeny little thing that, um, you know, doesn't really drive the ship. <clears throat> but reality is, is that faith can become the navigational device of your life, but you have to use it. You know, you have to kind of press into it. And, and I would say that for me, faith was always something over here. And then this was the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I had to go, no, faith actually is my life. And then there's the other stuff over here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, walking away from a multiple six-figure income mm -hmm. lets you realize uh, and, and wakes you, 
excuse me, wakes you up to uh, how much are you trusting in money? Yeah. How much are you trusting in finances? Uh, stepping away from careers that you've built, you know, when you get ridicule from people, you know, how much are you relying on the opinions of people? And so, you know, about a year into stepping away, we were doing some stuff with Live Oak Bank, uh, which is a great organization here in town, really working with them to talk about testimonials and stories of people who had lived through things mm -hmm. as a way to inspire and encourage others. So let's take, you know, this particular individual, faith had played a role in their life in this way. Let's mm -hmm. share that testimony as a way to inspire folks. Mm -hmm. And so that was going on. And we called that faith in business. And I started to see, man, how great would it be to take this just beyond the bank mm -hmm. and really press in? And so faith in business was born out of that. And we really started meeting on a regular basis about a year and a half ago. And the idea was there are people who are in their day to day lives. There are people who are in business. There are people who are watching this right now or will watch this or listen. And they'll say, you know what? Faith is important to me, but I don't understand how that really begins to function mm -hmm. because I got bills to pay. I got quotas to meet. You know, I got to sell this. I got to do this. So all the demands of life kind of quiet down faith. And it tends to become a secondary piece for folks. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is help folks understand how faith can become the primary driver and, and how there's actually promise there that if you begin to live that way, then all of these other things will eventually come into alignment with that. And it takes being a little bit radical. It takes offending the mind. Uh, it takes not just going through the cookie cutter version. And so faith in business is a place to begin to engage those conversations and, you know, anyone who's hungry about their faith and also wants to kind of grow their business while honoring God and while pouring back into the community, you know, then it's an open door. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's great. Um, I, I guess I named the podcast Belief in Faith and Business um, not to be super like PC or just like against people. But I feel like there are some people, you know, like, you know, it's great, Christian in the business space. Um, but I feel like there's, you know, some other people I didn't want to completely leave out people who maybe, you know, yeah. aren't religious, but they're still in the business space. Like what would be like a driver for them? And so that's sort of why I called it belief in faith and business. Um, a lot of people see those as synonyms, but I think there's still a lot to be said that there are external forces that drive people just to be who they are. You know, it's, you, some people have huge, uh, great self-motivation but I still feel like there needs to be something that's giving them even that energy. Sure. Well, you know, I think the reality is just getting to the point is um, the word faith has in many ways been a bit tarnished in culture mm -hmm. because of institutional religion. OK, this is my church. This is my denomination. This is my pastor. This is what we believe. And you are in the country club or you are out. Yeah. And that's problematic. Um, I don't think it's biblical at all. Um, I'm not poo-pooing um, institutional church. Um, I actually support go gather where you want to gather, worship how you want to worship, but that's not the end game. Mm -hmm. um, it is a mechanism to gather people uh, on common ground, but it has been weaponized. And, you know, again, not to go off on some tangent here, but because of improprieties of individuals who are in religious positions, people have tossed away their faith because of people when it never had anything to do with people at all. Mm -hmm. It's about God. And so we go back to, okay, um, 
it, do ultimately do you believe in God? Right? You say, well, yes. Okay. Do you believe that He's smarter than you are? Uh, yes. Do you believe He's more powerful than you are? Yes. Do you believe He is capable of expressing Himself exactly how He wants to? Yes. Um, if there was a book that was the declarative way that God wanted to express Himself, do you believe that that would be something you'd be interested in? Yes. Well, that is what the declaration of the Bible is. Mm -hmm. It's not some stuffy religious book over here. It's not about your pastor. It's not about your church. It's not about your denomination. It's not about conversion. It's not about hell and all this kind of stuff ever makes it about. It's about if, if God is God and he's smarter than we are and he gave us um, kind of a, a a doorway into his character and how we begin to discover who we are, develop our gifts, interact with one another and live that out in the world, then that has to be a foundation for us. So that's kind mm -hmm. of the way we approach it. So it's less about trying to convince someone about, hey, here's what you need to believe. And more of saying like, hey, if you believe some found fundamental foundational things, mm -hmm. then let's press into that a little further. The flip side of that is it's all about me. It's about my success. It's about my work ethic and my strength, my ability to make money, you know, and, and that's the whole personal development world, mm -hmm. which has good truth to it. Mm -hmm. But it ultimately ends because at some point you die. Yeah. At some yeah. point you make a bunch of money and you're largely um, successful from a monetary standpoint, but you're unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of being in relationship and seeing people who were 60 years old and they're like, I worked my whole life. I made a bunch of money, but my marriage is broken. I'm detached from my kids. I don't have any purpose. And now I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. And so what a terrible concept to be rich and miserable. And that's where, you know, we talk about true wealth being um, your faith mm -hmm. and, you know, and who you are who God is, and then living that out in the world. So we approach it from a very different perspective. Um, I don't have a whole lot of interest in being PC, yeah. uh, but I understand people approach situations with their own challenges. Mm -hmm. So I more want to be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you and find out what challenges you have, because a lot of times those things in your past can actually be a stumbling block for you being able to move forward. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to let go of them and stop defining yourself by them. Mm -hmm. And so in our one-to-one -one environments and engagements, that's what we really help people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. That's no. a long-winded. No, no, it, it, it does. You know, I, I think the only reason I want to be PC is just because I don't like getting people angry with me and <laughs> I'm, I'm more of like a yes man, people pleaser. Yeah. I don't know. It's just who I am. You know, I, I think with being in marketing, you know, you have to please the crowds and please the masses and, I don't want to be a business that's saying this maybe because of uh, like political sides or whatever. And then immediately half the country hates me. Like <laughs> that, that's sort of what, Hey, that society has come to you. Honestly, you can, you can hold that bag up. I, I'm just going to say what I believe. <laughs> and if people want to hate me, then they can hate me. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm, I'm trying to say middle ground, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So for people who obviously love the Lord and in business, they have that, as their foundation to grow and but you know if people who who don't know the the lord and i don't know why i keep harping on this but like i'm trying to help the masses again but like what is it are is it past experiences that help them grow into their their bigger goals and there's a plane to go over it right now so i have to yell but uh 
do you think it's those past experiences that are forming them to do new things? And yeah. like, let's say entrepreneurs and I, like they're I, building big companies. Yes, it's a lot of mental strength goes into being an entrepreneur. And yeah, I think ultimately you got to ask yourself why. Yeah. You know, you ultimately have to get to the point and you go, why am I here? Mm. Right. And however you choose to answer that question, you know, I think I think the challenging piece is really being courageous enough to have difficult conversations. Um, you know, cause listen, Steve jobs is dead. You know, I mean, I'm not being ugly. I'm saying the dude revolutionized, I mean, largely the stuff that we're doing right now was probably cause he had enough foresight years ago, mm -hmm. um, to say that personal computers mattered. Right. Yeah. But sadly enough, I mean, Steve jobs is no longer with us. And mm -hmm. so your legacy has everything to do with who you are when you're here. And I don't know what Steve jobs believed or didn't believe. I'm just saying some point in time, it's, it has to be about more than building businesses, making money and all these kinds of things. Those are all good things, but they're shallow things. Yeah. They're not culturally significant things. They're not uh, culture shifting things. So one of the questions we ask our, our when we work with somebody is um, what will have mattered about your life a thousand years from now? Mm -hmm. And people, I've heard people argue with me and all this kind of stuff. And, okay, that's fine. That's the question. What will have mattered about your life a thousand years from now? Did you live in a way that a thousand years from now, there are ripple effects running through culture because you lived and, and left an imprint on the world that only you could leave? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people go, that's just so high minded. No, it has happened before. So therefore it can happen again. Mm -hmm. There are people who have left lasting impact, you know? And so there's one side of that, which says, okay, live for impact, which I would say is Steve Jobs did. Mm -hmm. But when you tie that element to the faith dynamic of it, it has a purpose to it that yeah. is bigger than oneself. Mm -hmm. And that actually honors the God that says he made people mm -hmm. rather than the person themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between someone who lives from a place of, well, I'm not really willing to go to that place. I'm, that's fine. Don't go there. Yeah. But ultimately your life is about you mm -hmm. or it's not. Mm -hmm. And if your life is about you, then that has an end to it. Mm -hmm. But if your life is about something bigger and purpose and faith, it's 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 lasting so that it, it does transfer culture. But it has a bigger why than just that person. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I believe every person was created to fill that void in their heart of that longing and why. And I think the challenge is right now is that we've had the ability to trust in everything else. And there's also been great misinformation about what faith really is. Mm -hmm. And so we think it's the church on the corner uh, every Sunday that preaches hellfire and brimstone. And that has nothing to do with my life. So I can ignore it. Yeah. And I think we're getting to a moment in our culture where you can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. And I think people are going to have to go, OK, let me wrestle with this and deal with this mm -hmm. instead of. And, and there's also got to be people on this side of the table that I would say are believers, are Christians. Stop arguing with everybody. Stop thinking that it's your goal to save the world. Like, get over yourself. Like, God is God. He doesn't need you to save the world. And 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 so there's so much division right now that is inadvertently um, just put a wall between people that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Tearing, and, tearing stuff from the inside. Honestly. It is. Yeah. It's, it's inside out. And so yeah. I think we're at a key moment in culture where all of this stuff is beginning to shift. 
And I think that in order to move through this season, you got to ask yourself big questions like, you know, uh, why am I here? You know, what is the purpose of my life? You know, what is the greater legacy I desire to leave? What will have mattered about my life a thousand years from now? And, you know, that's not sellable stuff. It's not, hey, click here and get this. It's, it's the hard work that someone has to be willing to do. And unfortunately, it takes folks kind of getting to the end of themselves in order to figure that out. That's where I wanted this podcast to go. We're getting to that heat of it. It would 20 minutes in. We're we're already there. You know me, man. I'll jump right oh, in. Uh, that's why I told you I'll turn your volume up, swerve that car over, put it in park, put that fork down. You want to listen to this. So uh, what struggles, I guess, are you seeing with people right now when it comes to um faith and believing something and using that as a driver? Um when it comes to obviously like it has ripple effects. So yeah. if you're using that as your driver and then it's going to ripple effect your family, your business, you know, it's going to affect your mood. Mm-hmm. What what's the main struggle? I mean, I guess probably division is the biggest noticeable. Yeah. I think, I think greater than division, the greatest struggle right now is people focusing on what they can see. Mm-hmm. Um, when you focus on what you see, you're limited mm-hmm. based on that. Yeah. But faith in essence is beyond what is seen. And so the the very dynamic of faith is that you have to live with conviction in things that are unseen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that is a testimony of a life lived by faith and going back to, unless that muscle is exercised, unless that muscle is atrophied, mm-hmm. unless you get to the place where you're like, I got, I got, yeah. you know how you've been spent, Right. Mm-hmm. After a day oh, in yeah. the gym. Oh, yeah. Right. So when you spend every ounce of faith you have and you're like, oh, I got mm-hmm. nothing left. Like I'm completely wiped right now. I have nothing left to stand on. That's the place of atrophy where God shows up. Mm-hmm. And historically, that's the place where he showed up. And I'll tell you, point out, I always thought that a lot of the stories in the Bible, they were good. And I've heard them before. And sure, that might have happened. Sorry, I bumped your thing. That might have happened um, back then, but it's a different time now. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It never changed. It never changed. You know, unless you exhaust yourself um, and exhaust every option you have, then you're standing on something other than faith. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I had to almost become radical in a way to the world and to live by faith. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy is once you step into that, you start seeing things happen that you can't explain other than uh, this is crazy. You know, like I'll say this, you know, for us as as a small organization, we were offered um, the opportunity to sit down with incredibly successful business owners, business leaders, CEOs Mm -hmm. that people try to get in front of. We're getting the phone call to come into their office to explain our vision yeah. that we can't take credit for. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that's as a small kind of startup company. And that part of it to me, those kinds of moments that I've seen where God's just shown up in ways, it's like, you don't deserve 
on your own strength to be in the room you're in. Mm -hmm. But here you are because there is an element of that which is unseen. Yeah. So I think that the greatest challenge to people stepping into their faith is what they see. Seeing the unseen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's hard for folks because, you know, we live a logical mm -hmm. life. It's it's all about this. It's all about what's between our ears. It's all about, you know, what we can see, touch and feel. And it's not necessarily about the things that are yet to become. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's one of the things that you, you really press into the Bible from a narrative standpoint, from a storyline standpoint, not just remember this, behave or don't behave. That's just that's shallow, man. Mm -hmm. It's so shallow. It's never about behavior. It's never about all that. kind. Of, it ain't about memorizing verses. It ain't about how many casseroles you made. It ain't about how many church services you went to. It's about do you believe it is what it says, mm -hmm. that Jesus spoke to a tree and it withered. Yeah. What does that mean? It means that your words carry so much power. And it means that if you're speaking negative, critical, cynical things over your life, then your life is going to wither. Mm -hmm. And if you're speaking life and abundance and health and victory over your life, you're going to see the fruit of that. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not some personal development book where it's name it, claim it. I'm not saying that. Oh, with affirmations? Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is an element there that has to be pressed into. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with the world is, is they want to make everything a cartoon and they want to polarize everything. Mm -hmm. You know, over here, it's, you know, fighting in the yard with the swords. And over here, it's just the monk sitting on a couch. Mm -hmm. it, it Stop polarizing it. Stop making it into a cartoon and start pressing into those deep questions is, you know, why are you here? You know, what genius is in you that can change the world? And when you press into those kind of questions, it draws you into something greater yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely there is... It's just cool seeing that out. Like, as you said, getting to interview and talk with big CEOs, like even me talking with you and talking with some of the people I've talked with on the podcast, I truly don't think I would be there, be here without, you know, without believing and without God on my side. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing that people have to see. You know, for the longest time, it's like we've kept God locked away in the Bible and locked away in church. Mm -hmm. And this year with everything that's been going on around us, you know, from the COVID to social unrest to the political climate or whatever, I just think that everything is getting shaken up mm -hmm. where there there's nothing else to stand on. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have a moment to stand on faith and to um, say, you know, okay, God, be who you say you are mm -hmm. or get on. And, and, you know, how's it working? Yeah. You know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, not to be cruel or unkind, but just to say, listen, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm yeah. not here to try to convince you of anything. Yeah. God's good. He's moving forward. I'm with him. And that means it's victory is assured. That's, that's great. Yeah. I, I like to go back to the workout, the, the helping the muscle, uh, thing again. So if people let's say working out, you know, people like to go to the gym, it's, I guess, a a whole mental aspect of it and that you know they feel good but they're doing little steps to obviously meet that bigger goal what are some little steps to like help you know strengthen that muscle yeah so we we have a pretty specific uh three-part uh engagement that we teach as part of our one-to-one -one. um this is something that kevin uh, has kind of come up with and lived out in his own life but you really have to start your day with Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. 
You know, uh, Bible talks about be thankful in all things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, give thanks for all things. You know, there, there's 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 declaration of Thanksgiving being a primary response from us to God. And so you have to start your day with Thanksgiving. And this is not just, hey, write down um, a couple of things that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. We, we actually call it uh, what I would say is like meditative Thanksgiving. So close your eyes, quiet everything else down and start to visualize and picture the things in your life that you're thankful for. Like whether it's just, oh my gosh, the sunrise at Riceville Beach, you know, which I love, or my daughter running across the room and jumping into my arms, you know, or a a steak sizzling on the grill, you know, or whatever it is, it can be anything, Mm -hmm. but visualize the, the things that you're thankful for and go, God, thank you. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my, my children. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the phone call I got yesterday from that friend. You know, thank you for the gift or the ability that you've given me to communicate. Thank you for this organization that you've given us. Thank you for the people that you're stirring up right now. You know, thank you for these challenging moments because you're waking people up and go to the place where you begin to live in a mode of meditative thanksgiving. And that's part one. The second part of that is to truly get into God's word, Hmm. not as a, you know, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength, right? Or for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I mean, that's all good and well, and I joke, but Hmm. like really visualize a man named David, who's no more than a teenager, who comes to the front battle lines of an army and sees a giant criticizing his people and his God and wanting to fight, but everybody else saying, you're too small, you're just a kid, you're going to get killed, and him going, no, I am going to stand up because God delivered me from the lion and the bear. He will deliver me now. And the courage of a man who in a culture that says you're going to fail runs at this giant and slays it. It ain't a fancy story. It's true or it's not. And if it's true, then it's ours and that we can live like David. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of a culture like this where everybody's saying, hey, sit down, shut up, you know, do what you're told. You can go, huh? No. My God put something in me. This is where he's calling me to go, and I'm going to go. So so get into the word, and what we call it feeling the word, not just reading it. And then the final piece of that, to grow your faith, your question was to grow your faith. So meditate at Thanksgiving, get into the word, begin to feel it. And then the third part would be um, what we call dreaming with God. It means to vision your visualize your future. When you close your your eyes and dream about your life, what do you see? You know, what do you see? And people might say, okay, well, I'd love a house on the beach. Perfect. That's great. Put it up there. You know, but is your life just about beach houses and Range Rovers and money in the bank? No, there's more than that. What else is there? Oh, yeah. I want to help orphans, you know, Mm -hmm. or, oh, yeah, I want to help single moms. Or, yeah, you know what? I want to travel or I want to build things with my hands or I want to start a bakery I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. I want to go skydiving. I want to, you know, when you start to like open up your heart to say what's actually in there, you know, then then put those things out in a visual kind of map 
of visualizing your future and beginning to dream a little bit. And that's the doorway to be able to step into why you're actually here, because those are the desires of the heart and the desires of the heart are markers that show you why you're here mm -hmm. and where you're headed. So in a nutshell, in one word, visualization. Is a huge part of it. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. But not just in the personal development side of vision board. Mm -hmm. It has to be from a place of humility, which is yeah. Thanksgiving, tying the word into it mm -hmm. and then birthing the desires of the heart from here. Yeah, I think I think visualizing and just knowing the context of the Bible and David is crucial. Yeah. You know, like hearing that and just like visualizing that it's going to literally change people. Yeah, I think people just, you know, they see the verses and they're like, oh, they give them that little short spurt of yeah. happiness or energy, but they forget or don't know the context or like this was it the marching around the city. Like there's yeah. so much context and time before and or after those key phrases and key verses that people just miss. And I think knowing the stories and yeah. being able to visualize those is crazy. Well, it's why most people, you know, we, we talk about it this way. This is something that Kevin has said for years is when most people saw the passion of the Christ, the movie, they wept, mm -hmm. they were moved to tears because they felt something. Mm -hmm. And it's real easy to look at words on a page and just kind of like let glaze over. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. When you see it, when you begin to visualize it, it takes on an entirely new persona. And so going to that level in your faith is, is key. Yeah. Yeah. Visualize, getting the word and using that as a driver. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any, I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm young and I'm around you and you know, you have a few other guys who are fairly young and um, involved as well. Do you have any, I say this with every person I interview. Do you have any like motivation for people? I know I, I'm big. I'm big on people, you know, listening to motivation and listening to YouTubers and listening to speakers and all is great. But at a certain point, it's the action. It's the moving the motivation to action that really is the difference between things and entrepreneurs. Just just an idea or a phrase, an entrepreneur. Uh, do you have any just motivation for younger people? Um, and then just believing in themselves going into the workforce or being entrepreneurs or. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so much. Um, I remember back when I was 22 and um, getting out of college and you got this thing, you want to change the world and you're so full of energy and, you know, just make sure that you truly know yourself. And in order to know yourself, from my perspective, you really got to know the Lord because he made you. Mm -hmm. And so it, it there's this identity element that is missing from the lives of so many people. And I'll say this, you know, when I was 22, I grew up in a middle class family and um, we never went without growing up. Mm -hmm. My family was always wonderful. And, I, you know, they, they took care of all the needs that we had. My dad coached on my sports teams. My parents traveled to every single football, basketball, baseball game. I was raised in such a supportive household. I mean, it was it was truly, truly wonderful. But I lived 
from a place of always seeking people's approval mm-hmm. and not feeling like I was good enough. And so I needed to make up for the deficiency that I felt if I could get people to like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to be the best at sports and make the all-star teams in order to be able to be praised and whatever. Mm-hmm. So what I had to realize is, is there was something in me that was striving after people's attention and praise and affection and that that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, other thing too is because my family was kind of middle class, I went to school with a lot of kids who were wealthier, you know, kind of grew up in the old Wilmington money and mm-hmm. you know, their families were all members of the country club. And I always thought that like, Oh, I want to get to a place where we can, I can buy a beach house or I yeah. get to a place where we can belong to the country club. <laughs> and what I came to realize is that all of that stuff is just insignificant. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of it. Um, not bad. Have a country club membership, have a beach house. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't define who you are. You know, what you have does not define who you are. And it took me a really long time to learn that instead of going, OK, there is something that's awesome and incredible in me, but it isn't of my own doing mm-hmm. that this is what God wants to bring forth through me. So I've got to be willing to live that out, you know. And instead of, um, you know, just trying to constantly get people's praise and approval, here's a great, here's a great story that I'll I'll finish that thought. Um, For the last two months, I have a screw in my tire. Okay. Okay. And it's slowly in the tire. And so I would run to the gas station and I pump it full of air and it would last me two or three weeks. And then it would slowly leak out run the gas station, throw a dollar 50 in the machine, put some air in the tire and it would run out over two weeks. I finally needed to sit down and time to get the tire patched. So many people in their lives and even in their entrepreneurial lives, you are leaking air out of the back end. And so you just keep putting more air in as if that's going to solve the problem. That solves the problem for a moment. It doesn't solve the problem for the long term. You got to repair the hole in the tire so you're not losing air. Most people are trying to pour stuff into the tire like money, like success, like business growth, like fame, like relationships, like addictions. like Everything is if I just put more air in the tire, the tire will stay full. But every couple of weeks, you got to put more air in the tire. The reality of your life of faith is to get the tire fixed. There's no air leaking out. You're a hole. Mm-hmm. You're not W H. You're whole W H O L E. You're not filled with holes. H O L E. Right. <laughs> yeah. If there's air leaking out of the tire, fix the tire first instead of just constantly trying to put stuff in. Mm. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's wow. I'm speechless. Honestly, that's that's something that. I think it's just easy for people to grasp. Honestly, like that's what so that's stories are great, but I think people are just satisfied again, like we mentioned earlier, with maybe just a immediate quick fix. Quick fix. And then doing it and then last in a week and then doing it again. And then put a little bit of air in my tire and let's move on. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, that's really all I have. And really very few questions on my end. I didn't talk a lot at all. <laughs> But that was the point. That was the point. But uh, if you have anything else that's just on your heart, um, you're more than welcome to share. Yeah. And you're more than welcome to sort of uh, do a little 
advertise you if you got anything. Yeah, well, man, Jack, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to connect with you over the last couple of years and uh, just love your energy, man, and your passion and your ferocity. You're always moving forward and, you know, pushing the envelope. And I think that that's healthy. And uh, you've certainly been a great help for us with your skill set, you know, helping us on some of our uh, getting up and running. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, what I would want to say to someone who's who's taking the time to watch this is, um, you know, do not waste another day of your life pursuing things that are not what you're to pursue. Mm. Ask yourself the difficult questions. Press into the hard space. Get real with yourself and don't wait. The thing I hate the most is when people call me and they're utterly broken. Mm-hmm. Matt, my wife left me. My marriage is failing. I have no money. I'm struggling with this addiction. And I get those calls often. And I hate it because I hate seeing people in pain. But ultimately, that's because they were unwilling to make changes on the front end when they were moving toward that cliff. And so my my greatest piece of advice would just be slow down, do an assessment of your heart, do an assessment of your life, get really honest about some of the deep issues. Um, You know, if you had a mom or dad who never said, I love you, uh, I'm proud of you. if you've always been looking to get approval from someone, if someone hurt you in the past and you live with unforgiveness, um, if you're trying to fill your void with just monetary stuff, like get real about where that ends and that never ends well. And so it's better to be delivered and free and healed and moving forward with why you're here than to constantly be chasing something that is a fantasy and a fairy tale. And I, fortunately, at the age of 32, was diagnosed with cancer. And that was a moment where I had to really wrestle with, you know, okay, hot shot. You're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. You've got this great insurance company. You know, you're rocking and rolling. But what happens tomorrow if you're gone? Yeah. And I go, okay, there's got to be more to me than just my ability to make money. You know, who am I really? What are the difficult things? And so that was a catalyst for me. And and I just use it shared as a testimony to really challenge people to get honest with yourself about who you are, uh, why you're here and where you're going. And that's what we do. I mean, we do it as, as good if better than anybody else out there. Um, because in many ways, we lived it. You know, you can't somebody, somebody never been. And, and we've been in a lot of those places. We've both, Kevin and I, I mean, Kevin's been rich and he's been poor. I've made a lot of money. I've also lived off of savings. And, you know, there's just many experiences there from the cancer to relational challenges. So we can help. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, uh, our website's uprint.life, Y-O-U-P-R-I-N-T dot L-I-F-E. Uh, we've got an intake form. Uh, we've got some resources there. And so we to walk with you. Uh, but yeah, waking people up to that purpose is why we're here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you could jump on the podcast. I definitely think just having something that drives you is what a lot of business professionals and entrepreneurs have. And so I definitely think it's something that's I mean, not talked about a lot. I mean, it's, it's covered up with personal growth and certain things and people just think it's themselves, but really it's, it's not. And yeah. I'm glad we could 
on sort of uncover that a little bit. I hope it's helped people and uh, make sure if you are watching to subscribe to our YouTube, follow us, like us on Facebook. Do it. Um, we're all over. So this will be a live stream videos and audio file and print to text file as well. So we got all the mediums covered. Of course you but, do. I know you do, Jack. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. This is Process Over Profit with Matt Ham and Jack Fleming.